1: everyone, welcome to the show. I am Ben Kissel, that's Marcus Parks. Hey Ben. Marcus Parks is getting ready to go to Comic Con. <laughs> Are you going to dress like Deadpool or Deadpool? <laughs> you gotta be Deadpool. I love Deadpool.
2: Oh man, I could be Deadpool, but then I could be like one Deadpool, but then there's like another Deadpool to be. There's a lot of Deadpools.
1: Ooh, that's kind of fun. Uh-huh. I watched Spider-Man Homecoming yesterday. Yeah, how'd you like it? It was great. Yeah. Did you see it? I actually didn't. My my favorite Spider-Man movie thus far. Good. Because he's always in high school. Yeah. I hated high school. But in, uh, in not really. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't. But in this uh, movie, he had a fat friend. Oh. And it was fun. You like fat friends? I love fat friends. I always wanted to be the fat friend. Yeah. The fat friend is always the coolest one in the story. Unsung hero. Mm-hmm. They always have one moment where they save the entire day. Yeah. But they still get to be fat. <laughs> and how fun is that? But you still can go home <laughs> yeah. and just be like, I saved it all. Without me, there would be no Spider-Man. And I don't want to do a spoiler for Spider-Man: Homecoming, but his fat friend, woohoo, came through in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about this tweet that Donald Trump put out. It was uh, this is the quote. I quote the tweeteth. Uh, Why isn't the Senate? Why isn't the Senate Intelligence Committee looking into the fake news networks in our country to see why so much of our news is just made up fake? Uh, So I'm just happy he's going to go after Alex Jones. Oh, wait, what's that? He's not talking about Alex Jones, the man who believes Sandy Hook was fake. Chemtrails are raining down upon us. Uh, and god knows what else my thoughts exactly uh, he's talking of course about cnn and things like that so we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show of course uh as i was talking about with the listeners over there on fox news radio i'm trying to remind people he only has three and a half three years two months if he doesn't get reelected, maximum seven years two months if if you could fathom that <laughs> but there will be a new person in there yeah and do we want a president setting a precedent of going after media companies that they don't like i don't think so
2: yeah and i've definitely i've got a very concrete example of Alex June's fake news when we get to that
1: okay great Uh, first let's start with the really horrific incident over the weekend Uh, Stephen Paddock shot and killed well he shot hundreds of people the number is it's around 500 I've heard as many as 527 to as I don't want to say low but the number around 485 uh, as well so it's around 500 injured We know for a fact we have 58 dead. I've also heard 59 dead. Some conflicting reports there, Uh, but roughly 58 to 59 people massacred at this country music concert. Steven Paddock had 49 guns. He bought 33 guns this year, and he used an accessory called a bump stock. Now, bump stocks have sort of been uh, thrust into the mainstream conversation. They were actually approved. For those that don't know, a bump stock takes – a Takes a semi-automatic weapon, you put a bump stock on it. It basically becomes an automatic weapon, yes. which are uh, which are of course banned unless you have a very special license. In which case, then you can get an automatic license uh, in this country as well. The bump stock was actually approved in 2010 by the ATF under Barack Obama, and uh, so that's kind of an interesting. Uh, an interesting phenomenon, we talk oftentimes about the NRA and Republicans, but in this case, this was an Obama administration approved item, accessory to a gun. How does that happen? Um, I don't quite understand how the ATF let this one happen. Uh, I, I, You know, the, the Second Amendment, uh, it, it gets used so much as a hammering tool, even when it comes to something like this, which is, again, not a gun, an actual accessory to a gun that makes it an automatic rifle. There does seem to be some movement on banning these semi uh, these bump stocks, which would be a step in the right direction. However, the massive issue is Steve Scalise, of course, the majority whip, who was shot yeah. uh, by Hodgkinson, who is now back uh, in Congress uh, on crutches, usually in a wheelchair, almost died. Uh, he has said uh, that this is a slippery slope. He's making the slippery, uh, slippery slope argument that if we ban these bump stocks, which, again, just got approved, You know, seven years ago, we there was a world without bump stocks, and everything was fine. And everyone had their (laughs) guns, and no one, you know, you know, the Second Amendment wasn't burning; uh, it wasn't being burnt out of the Constitution. Gun sales were at an all-time high. Everything was fine. Yeah, Um, but uh, you have the Steve Scalise wing of the Republican Party that is concerned that this is going to be a slippery slope to the complete erosion of all gun rights in this country. However, the NRA has actually come out and said that they are in favor of investigating, you know, possibly getting rid of these bump stocks because, again, they're not guns. They are an accessory that goes on a gun that makes it an automatic rifle. So Senator Dianne Feinstein has put forward a bill to get rid of these bump stocks. However, what happens in that bill? Do they put a bunch of... Different um, uh, different layers into it. Do they put a bunch of different verbiage in it that would then allow these conservatives to say, "See, I told you." There is a guy, Brett Stevens, for example, in the New York Times. He's their Republican uh, for the New York Times. However, Republicans don't think he's a Republican because he works for the liberal New York Times, uh-huh. and people who read the New York Times don't like him because he's a Republican. Yeah. So he's really <laughs> kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. He wrote an op-ed. Uh, and the, it was just entitled, Repeal the Second Amendment. Uh, and then, of course, Michael Moore had a long Facebook diatribe uh, about how we should get do away with uh, the Second Amendment by creating a 28th Amendment that would then, of course, uh, do away with the Second Amendment. And that sort of validates what the right is talking about when they discuss slippery slopes and things like that. So this is why we are really getting no progress whatsoever on rational gun policy, because the right is so worried that you, they're going to give an inch and uh, they're going to uh, and the government's going to take a mile when it comes to gun rights and things like that in this country.
2: Well, I'm not sure what use a bump stock has. I mean, this is you a, don't know what use it has. We I'm, saw it on Sunday. Like literally, that's it. <laughs> the only that is the only use. Yeah. And
1: one of the criticisms that I've heard is well, you can't aim very well. And I'm like, well, when you're on this 32nd floor. Shooting into a pool of humanity, twenty-two
2: thousand people. You don't really, you don't need to aim. Not at, at all. all. Yeah, not that, at all. And this guy was not taking very many breaks uh, between <clears throat> bursts of fire. I mean, what no. what a bump suck is? It's a it's a dick hard toy. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the reason why they want to keep it. That's one of the re- like it has no real practical purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's one of those things that you can take it out to uh, you know the middle of nowhere or take it to a gun range, right? Uh, pop it on and just go. Do, 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 and feel yeah. really cool. You that's know, it.
1: You say that in every one of the callers, uh, and this is why I love doing that show to get these callers because it's a, it's an interesting window into America that we just don't see. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's it. That is literally it. They say it's fun. That's it. Yeah. Of and, course. And no, I
2: know. I know that because yeah. I, I'm from there. It's like, crazy. Like I've done it. I've shot semi-automatic and, rifles right. on multiple occasions, and it is fun. It's fun as shit. Right. But that fun is not worth. Lives. It, no. It's not. It's not worth human beings. And we're not even talking about the
1: semi-automatic. No, rifle. We're those aren't t- even <laughs> up for debate at this point. No,
2: we've yeah. we've officially jumped up past semiotic rifles because that that's exact like they say. Like the Republicans are saying, it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. that way. We've gone completely in the other direction. It keeps getting worse and worse. You know, oh, yeah. after Sandy Hook, we were having conversations about AR-15s. We we're having conversations right. about semiotic rifles, and now and we're having conversations about automatic rifles we're having conversations about tools that make uh it even easier to kill or to kill dozens of people like the, the the conversation is going completely in the other way republicans and the nra they're winning right there oh winning my goodness fucking yes, absolutely hard it's getting worse and every single time something like this happens they double down that's how we got here
1: from sandy hook they double down yep. after sandy hook and now we are here so the nra up to this point uh, that's that's a great point uh, you know marcus yeah with and of course the ar-15 was that was the weapon that was armed with this bump stock that was stephen mm-hmm. paddock yeah, of course. That, that was yeah. his weapon there um so yeah, ar-15
2: i think that was san bernardino i think they had um,
1: ar-15s as well Yeah, it's tough. And I'm sure we'll get some gun enthusiasts who are like, that's not an AR-15. I understand. We don't know the most about uh, guns. Um, However, the NRA now has paid $3.2 million. They've given uh, mostly GOP politicians $3.2 million up to this point, which is already more than they gave all of last year. You know, granted, we're in October. You know, it's not like we're in July and we're talking about that. So, you know, it's it's a little bit of an uptick. And that would make a lot more sense because they feel like they can get some return on their money. Money, of course, with Trump in the White House, Republican Senate, Republican House.
2: I don't think about it this way. What if someone told you that you had already drank as much beer up to
1: October as you had the entire last year? I don't know what the hell happened that I would have to stop drinking beer. I mean, there's a lot of variables in there. But it is interesting, you know, when it comes to the bump stock conversation regarding gun control, it is sort of like trying to figure out how to, you know, lose weight. And it's like taking the barbecue out of a barbecue chicken sandwich. Mm. It's like it's the chicken sandwich that's making you fat. But they're like, we'll get rid of the barbecue. We'll start with that. Then we'll work on the bread. Maybe we'll get to the mayonnaise at some point Uh, to continue on with the beer and sandwich analogies that you uh, have come to expect here from Abe Lincoln's Top Hat when discussing the more pressing issues facing the the country today he also Stephen Paddock now there has been a lot of misinformation out there and yeah. I've been talking about this all week because what happens is as everyone who listens to this knows Sunday night uh, it was around one o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning I Eastern woke time. up Eastern time yep I woke up uh, CNN was just on the TV I'm like oh my goodness okay we have a mass shooting here what the heck is going on So much misinformation because they just put the camera and microphone in in front of people's faces. These people are shocked. They don't know the truth. And their reality, uh, perception is reality. So we had people saying there was multiple gunmen. Mm. Uh, Gunfire was coming from a series of different locations. Three different locations. Three different locations. The media just runs with this stuff. And this is where people, the conspiracy-minded people, liars, I'm, st- I'm I'm done with the word conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. The liars like Alex Jones are able to cobble together a narrative that fits in with their political ideology, whether that be to the left or to the right. There's so much stuff thrown out there from the mainstream MSM media um, from, you know, just because they're trying to fill time. They're trying to get uh, the content down. They want to get viewers. They don't care about the truth. They want to get it out first as opposed to get it out right. Yeah. And that's a massive issue. So then we saw as soon as Monday hit, of course multiple gunmen. Steven Paddock was working for the CIA. How did he get so many guns? His brother uh, uh, hinted that he was an arms dealer. I heard someone <laughs> say that he was a uh, a victim of MKUltra. Yeah. I mean, just true, utter madness that is absolutely false, but it fits into people's narrative. So they go with it. They get into their YouTube holes, their internet holes. They feel validated in their beliefs. And in some ways, it makes these events in their minds less tragic so they don't have to deal with the fact that we actually live in a country where someone is allowed to hoard guns for decades, buy 33 guns in a year, and massacre a bunch of people at a country music concert. I also want to put to rest this one myth that he targeted the country music concert. Uh, Jason L. Dean, by the way, I don't mind Jason L. Dean, although he's, not, he's new country. Yeah. You know, so he's a little. Uh, you know, but we're not. <laughs> and then, and, but, but I like the name. And then I also like. I think it was big and rich because uh-huh. one's big, but they're both rich. <laughs> but they were very nice. I the interview with them. There was this myth that he was a antifa leftist. Oh, of course, set up. Uh, you know, again, oh, no, that myth is. I mean, that is gaining so d- much. Oh scheme. my God, Dinesh D'Souza was just talking about it today. Dinesh D'Souza is one of the biggest d bags in. I don't even know. Is it? Poli- he's a political commentator, I yes, guess. He, he's just another he's, hyper-partisan person who is a vicious, vicious, pathetic liar who hates the Democrats because Barack Obama put him in jail because he had fundraising issues. Yeah, uh, there was campaign finance reform laws that he broke, and he had to go to weekend jail, and then he's been very upset ever since. Of course, uh, you can watch his. You have to watch his movies, but watch him with the same amount of grain of salt that you watch Michael Moore. There are occasionally kernels of truth. But then, of course, they just pop out into such nonsense yeah. uh, that you can't even give him respect for the kernel of truth that he happened to stumble upon. He was talking about that today. It, can you imagine? This is what in one of his tweets was like, can you imagine if he shot up a gay pride parade? Everyone would know the motive, but he shot up a country music uh, festival. No one wants to talk about the fact that he's these libs are killing Trump Republicans he also targeted Lollapalooza yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, and, and a life Marcus, is beautiful festival. And a as life well. is exactly is. Does, is Lollapalooza particularly Trump supporters? His <laughs> I, I, Lollapalooza, like if we went to Lollapalooza in Chicago this past year, we'd be like, there's a lot of red hats here saying make America great again. Well, yeah. I thought Sarah McLaughlin was going to come on the stage at some point. And that's
2: what people don't know is that most Chance the Rapper fans are Republicans. That's right. I mean, that's that, a, that was the other but, festival. But that's the thing is that you say that and the people like Dinesh D'Souza will say, well, he was just making dry runs. Sure. That he was just he was just casing the place <laughs> to see uh, the best play you know the best time uh, oh, to do God. it the best way to do it is that he was doing dry runs at the liberal festivals mm. so he could go into it at the right wing festival at the conservative right. festival right of course um,
1: but there's makes all the sense in the world if you really just put it together in a
2: certain way there's no evidence in any there's no evidence in any of this it's uh, no. let's just go into the Alex Jones story let's for, do Alex for just Jones. a little bit there's a, there's a couple of stories here that i really want to address first of all the the alex jones story that came out on uh monday i believe it was either monday or it was tuesday uh and alex jones said that one of his sources uh said that the room was covered in antifa literature uh uh, and that he had had uh, pictures taken uh of him in the middle east uh and then he uh said he had a link to a Daily Mail story where he said he did the paragraph where he said all this. And he said it was one of the SWAT team guys, one of the guys that went in. And he also said that he did not kill himself. They riddled him with bullets. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he said, here is a link to a Daily Mail story uh, that, you know, that confirms this, that collaborates this. Right. I went to the Daily Mail link. And because he said that the story... Um, it had transcripts of the guys inside uh, the hotel room, mm-hmm. so I'm like, "Wow, this is really interesting stuff. Let's let's see what this actually is, right. you know? Because of course I'm, you know, highly interested in this. Of course, uh, I'm yeah. trying to figure I'm Naturally. trying to figure this stuff out just like anybody else, exactly. Uh, and so I go and I look, nothing, nothing. It is a lie. Well, he what <laughs> a straight up lied by saying, like, look, this story collaborates it, and what he's doing is he is counting on his readers." To not, not reading to not read exactly. uh, because they want to read Infowars, uh, and of course you know he could uh, they could click on that site and say like oh well that's fake news right uh so it's this weird it's again it's cognitive dissonance
1: over yeah. and over and over it's again it's
2: clickbait culture it's monetized lies it's and the, yeah and then the next story once the store once the pictures once the leaked pictures of uh the, the uh, w- of the room yeah. came out you see There's no literature anywhere. Nope. Uh, And you see very clearly in the pictures mm-hmm. of Stephen Paddock dead, you see you there is not a more clear-cut case of a man putting a gun in his mouth and pulling Mm-mm. the trigger. I mean, mm-hmm. it is very, very clear what happened. Which evidently
1: so, he did not want to do. No. Apparently he did have an escape plan all worked out. He wanted to get out alive, yeah, interestingly he, enough. He
2: did, he did have an escape plan. Uh, but all of a sudden, the story of him being riddled with bullets uh, and him having Antifa literature everywhere. That just goes that, away. That just goes yeah. away. And you know what it gets replaced with? the note. The and notes. this is the dumbest shit that I have ever heard because there was look, a small note on the desk. No, right there now. was not a small there note. Was not- there was a small piece of paper. Oh, yes. There was a small piece of sure. paper. You cannot see anything written on it you can't see any words you can't see anything it looks like there is nothing written on this piece of paper no it's definitely a piece of paper Uh, but immediately the conspiracy theorists and the alt-right and there's a lot of there is definitely a lot of uh, the Venn diagram between those two people is pretty fucking big Um, immediately it's like what's on the note what is on the note why aren't they releasing the note but they're making a jump there they're not saying they're they're just looking at it and saying that's a piece of paper that has to be a note that has to be exactly that has to show us all of his motivations they're just
1: inferring everything that they want the note to say exactly like they're and, and they
2: immediately assume it's not have you ever fucking been in a hotel room right there is a piece of paper Waiting there for you. There's a little notepad just yeah. waiting there for exactly. you. Always. And who knows what, if what it could was, have been on there.
1: What if it was a situation like in the Big Lebowski when he met with Jackie Treehorn? <laughs> And he takes the pencil out. It was just a big... He's just a guy with a big boner. <laughs> that, we just don't know. But honestly, that's don't. a joke, but that is just as reasonable as these people saying whatever they want that note to be, they can just yeah. make it up.
2: Yeah, and they're saying like they're theorizing. And the, the problem with this theorizing uh, that like they're going towards him saying like, well, he's, they want him so bad. To be a leftist i have never i haven't seen them want something this bad since election night they yeah. want him so bad to be a leftist it's horrible with no evidence whatsoever right. not a single bit of evidence in fact what i uh, i actually read a story someone uh talked to a guy uh out they talked to and this is you know l- let's go ahead and say with a grain of salt you know maybe i'm guilty of this stuff too of looking for shit that um that looking for shit that Confirms your my my, right? my course, narrative, yeah. uh, but they someone I think it was uh, someone talked to the. Um brother of you know his girlfriend what was her name again mary lou danley yeah the guy that uh, dates his sister they talked to the guy that dates his sister that spent a lot of time with paddock Uh, and they said that paddock spent a lot of time talking about the second amendment and spent a lot of time talking about how it was his right uh to have guns Mm -hmm. uh and i'm not saying that he's a republican one of the things that i'm saying here uh it's not always about politics no, not, not everything, everything is. is political. Adam no. Lanza was not about politics. Sung Cho well, was not about politics. Charles Whitman was not
1: about politics. You know, it's very interesting, and that's what the problem is with this case, right? With the situation, we just don't know the motivation. And, and lo- as long as we don't know the motivation, everyone's going to constantly put in their own two cents and feel validated in their opinion. There was a lot of people who on the left came against him as well, Um, You know, uh, talking about white privilege and uh, those sorts of things, uh, discussing uh, there was a CBS legal executive, for example, who tweeted out and then was immediately fired to CBS's credit that he wasn't so upset because it was Republicans that were killed. There were so many people who uh, just flippantly took their um, you can just tell where people's heads are at. Uh, when these uh, events occur and they just immediately start pontificating on Twitter, which is why I put out a tweet like congratulations, everyone who has uh, just immediately taking this tragedy and tried to spin it for their own political gain. Um, and then some people were upset. That, I'm not talking about not having a conversation about the Second Amendment of course. or semi-automatic rifles. Those conversations need to happen. And those need to happen immediately. Sure. And we're going to continue to have those conversations. Those aren't political conversations.
2: There's, those are conversations about people's lives. I'm
1: talking about people politicizing it. When I say yeah. politicizing it, I mean like, you know, but look at them. Thank God that's not one of us. You know, going back to your base, going back to your bubble and just pointing fingers as opposed to really we have to go there is no longer the five stages of grief we just like jump right to number six which is just like I know the truth like (laughs) there there is no there we we need to mourn we need to go through a human process when we see these events so we can process the fact that we have 58 or 59 and god knows how many others may pass away uh, although i have to give sp- the the hospitals and the first responders in las vegas did an incredible job i don't a know if you s- saw sheriff joe lombardo's uh his press conference yeah they were basically there five seconds in because there happened to be a uh, a paramedic unit or a um in, uh, a fire unit uh, that was right there. So yeah. they were they were there quickly. Now, I've uh,
2: read some amazing stories. If you really want to feel a little yeah. bit good about all this, uh, go read some of the stories of, uh, like, there was a Marine who stole a truck. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like there was a Marine who stole a truck and, lo- and, and, just like like like, a, and loaded up people in and just, like, drove them all to yep. the hospital. Like, there were people uh, in the hospitals, the people in the hospitals that worked for 50 hours mm-hmm. straight. Uh, there were some really amazing uh, human stories things to feel good about you know, in this
1: as when uh, if you have a chance to watch the documentary that we've recommended in the past tower mm-hmm. when you you mentioned uh Towers, you mentioned women fantastic you know these horrible situations really do bring out heroic acts of uh of just selfishness or selfishness? self uh, selfishness
2: selfishness
1: selfishness selfless self selflessness 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 <laughs> that's what they bring out uh the opposite of selfishness I also want to talk a little bit about the press conference that Sheriff Joe Lombardo put uh, that uh, that he presented to us. This is where another series of conspiracy theories came in. Another bunch of lies because they take things out of context. Uh, Sheriff Joe Lombardo was saying that there is no way that Stephen Paddock acted alone. Not in not on Sunday. Not the day of the shooting. He was not talking about someone else being in the Mandalay Bay Hotel with Stephen Paddock. He was talking about previously in the past how do you get this amount of guns how do you get that amount of training these are not easy things to operate um that's what he was talking about that's why they wanted to interview Mary Lou Danley so much, of course, his girlfriend, who was wired a hundred thousand dollars in the Philippines, ironically enough, she thought that that was Stephen because he paddock was rich, yeah rich dude very, very rich. interesting. We're talking about Robert Picton on uh, last podcast on the left another rich person, another rich sociopath who murdered a bunch of folks mm-hmm. uh, so he wired uh Paddock wired this woman a hundred thousand dollars in the Philippines she thought that that was him breaking up with her. Yeah. Which is very, what a nice way to break up with someone. (laughs) If I got $100,000 every time someone broke up with me, well, we wouldn't be talking right now. (laughs) I'd be in the Philippines having a great time. So when Sheriff Joe Lombardo was talking about, well, there's no way that he acted alone. If you look at the history of uh, most mass casualties like this, there's always someone or usually someone, a cohort of some kind but a lot of people blasted Stephen Paddock didn't act alone, and then they inferred that uh, that meant like someone else was in the Mandalay Bay Hotel with him, and that is just not true. He did this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was one of the other things that got totally uh, misconstrued, misquoted, and they just take snippets of longer conversations and just edit them the way that they want to edit them to make this guy say anything. I mean, you've know you know that if you've ed- ever edited. Any tape, you can make a person sound like a raging sociopath or a genius. You yeah. can make them sound like Mother Teresa, who actually was a raging sociopath, but for, <laughs> we'll do the common known Mother Teresa, yeah. or you can make them sound like Charles Manson. Yeah. This, with the exact same five minute clip of dialogue.
2: And the problem with, uh, Really, the uh, the problem with people doing shit like that uh, is, even if later it comes out uh, saying, you know, this guy wasn't a leftist; these were his motivations. Mm-hmm. That narrative is already out there, and that narrative is already being fed to other sick people. And they're not going to go further it, than that. And they're, de- but yeah. they're they're not going to go further than that. It's going to enter their head. It is not going to leave, yep. and it is going to lead to more sick people doing sick things. Right, because now. There's a motive. If they, if people like truly believe that he was a leftist and they get it in their heads that he was a leftist and all of a sudden you've got a leftist that has killed 58 people on your side, then what else is there but revenge? Right. And then right. again and again. And
1: again and again and yeah. I don't know. And then of course, if you just say it's a false flag and it was twenty five thousand, um, you know, actors, then who even cares about it? <laughs> you know, that's oh, yeah. you know, it's literally people who can't confront the fact that we have six hundred people that are injured, fifty eight of them dead. Uh, you know, it, they just can't confront the reality of mm-hmm. life and death. And it is such a pussy move, yeah. to think that it was crisis actors. You just cannot fathom death. You're not mature enough to handle the reality of life and death so you gotta you gotta do a make them up yeah so it's not a significant george soros paid those actors george the u this is another point that i want to get to regarding a lot of the people on the right specifically specifically alex jones when talking about the police they praise the police they demonized the nfl protesters for taking a knee during the anthem which by the way go back to previously 2009 uh before 2009, they just did the anthem and then the players took the field. That's how you solve the NFL problem. They they praise the police. Oh, and tell the situation like this happens. And next thing you know, the police are complicit. Mm-hmm. Everyone is in on it. What is it then? So are the police part of the Illuminati, part of this, you know, globalist cabal or are they people that should be honored in our society? Choose one, Alex Jones.
2: Yeah, and they've got their sources in the FBI. And but that's also another Nonsense. thing they've got their sources in the FBI, but the FBI is also the deep state, except for our I, guys. Exactly. Uh, our guys are cool. I got like I've got guys on the inside, but that's yep. the thing is that if the deep state really mm-hmm. is as deep as you think it is, then what if your guys are also working for them?
1: Double deep state. Mm, <laughs> put some cheese in the deep state. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You know the funniest thing. Well, they, is, well the point the fun-
2: is, is that they don't
1: have guys. No, they don't have guys. Of course, they don't. They they barely have, they barely have
2: friends. They've got some guy. On, they're reading some guy on Four Chan's poll board. Exactly. Uh, that is making wild accusations, wild assumptions, and then every once in a while they're right yes
1: every once in a while
2: they, they have are, they hit on something
1: they get the exact same information that henry zabrowski gets without the ability to be funny and recognize that some most of it is nonsense yeah they just go with it at yeah. least henry is just like no this is dumb <laughs> <laughs> but he's very fun about it <laughs> yeah henry is the perfect way to read fortune. yeah <laughs> have fun with it but do not take it seriously um, or at least have friends that make sure you don't take it seriously. Yeah, have friends because like, that's what happened with <laughs> Alex Jones. He just went down. If you watch that clip of him in 1997 when he's carving up the pumpkin, mm-hmm. did you see that YouTube clip? No. Someone tweeted it at us. It's a very funny 1997 clip of Alex Jones. Uh, and he is actually talking about where Alex Jones began. What he began talking about was the militarization of police, which is something that we all agree with. However, now we have the situation, and this is where the conversation has to be in this country. We have a militarized society. We have a militarized police force. We have a situation like uh, like what happened there uh, in Las Vegas, like what happened in uh, Orlando, the Pulse nightclub, which was previously the worst, uh, modern massacre, worst massacre in modern U.S. history. Now, of course, Paddock has taken that. Uh, horrible, bloody, disgusting trophy. Um, so we do have to ask, with the militarization of police, what came first? Mm-hmm. Did the cops get militarized first and then society or vice versa? We have 310 million uh, guns in this country. There are a lot of issues that we have to address uh, going forward. Um, but when it comes to Alex Jones and his whole deep state uh, nonsense, the irony is Donald Trump just gave more war powers to the CIA than the cia has ever had in history mm-hmm. he, they are in charge of the entire drone operation they no longer have to go through the presidential checks that obama had i mean i thought obama's drone war was very dangerous uh, and not good precedent and i don't like this whole um machines fighting our wars i really don't like it one bit nonetheless that's where they are so hypocritical and that's where they're so full of crap if you are against the deep state, well, you know what? Donald Trump just gave them the power of the United States military. Yeah. So that is the, 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 the most The CIA powerful. is thrilled under Donald Trump, despite whatever anyone wants to say.
2: Outside of nuclear weapons. Uh, the most powerful weapons we have.
1: That's it. You know, And ma- except for maybe Moab's. Moab. Uh, yeah,
2: Moab's. Uh, you
1: but know what Moab's it, are? They're huh? goats, greatest of all time.
2: <laughs> but at the very least, he gave the CIA our most sophisticated and advanced weaponry. Uh, and and again, gave, they have free reign. They have free reign, full power. I mean, and, and the, how, how does that add up? How does that add up in the deep state narrative?
1: How do you have a show? How do you have a something called Prison Planet and then support someone like Jeff Sessions? who's by uh, who's Or seat, Joe
2: Arpaio, for fuck's Joe sake. Joe
1: Arpaio. Jeff Sessions' seat. Have we talked about Roy Moore? We did on the last episode, did, yeah. I believe. He we, beat Luther Strange in the primary uh, there in Alabama to see who would fill the seat for Jeff Sessions. Roy Moore is the definition of the prison planet. When he was a judge, he was uh he was boot, he was ousted twice for being the number one was the 10 commandments thing mm-hmm. and number two uh was for gay marriage. This man is so atrocious and is so pro systemic um I, I don't want to say racism although that's definitely in there. Just government overreach he yeah. is he is it he is incarcerating uh members of our society that do not deserve the length of sentence, whatever it might be. This guy is systemic he is the systemic bigotry he is the problem and so for for alex jones to go and support these kinds of people and all of those folks that go along with alex jones you know the milos of the world who by the way just had a recent tape out where he was singing uh, karaoke horribly with richard spencer in the crowd as richard spencer gave the nazi salute i mean these people are just i don't even they're not even worth calling like oh they're horrible because that's what they want they're douchebags they're fucking stupid. Well, they're the
2: ones that ushered in white supremacy to America. It's like uh, that book uh, that I was talking about, Kill All Normies. It's a, oh, yeah. it's, a it's a, fantastic uh, treatise on just how these guys, these internet personalities, snuck white supremacism into America, like into how they normalized it. I love normal people.
1: I'm like <laughs> such a fan of normal people. I, got when I go to a place and someone's just normal and they're able to do their job and they care about being a flight attendant. Just like mm-hmm. thank you, yeah. Thank you for being a normal person who just wants to get back to your family, <laughs> just get through the day with a with a hope, just a mild smile, yeah, just, you know, mildly happy uh, smile or not. I don't care, yeah. Um, so that that is just what really kind of has you know driven me nuts anyway when it comes to the coverage of this, uh, you know, your main, your Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the way that they cover it. Um, we know for a fact they'll, this will all be forgotten about. The victims will be forgotten about. Uh, it's, it's so sad. Um, they're going to move on to the next tragedy. They just milk it for as long as possible, uh, and then they move on. Yeah. And the, the, all the misinformation, all the disinformation that they threw out, they rarely correct it. They just let it go, and uh, they just play to their narrative. So CNN is going to be all about guns. Uh, And then uh, Fox News, they're going to talk about mental health. We can talk about the mental health uh, aspect of this uh, now if you would like to. This is where I am conflicted on mental health. Who decides who is crazy or not? Is it going to be for political reasons? will the if the government uh, if you have a political opposition to the government will they deem you crazy there are some people who believe the simple desire to have a gun makes you nuts mm-hmm. so where does it begin where does it end when it comes to mental health which is the most recent uh, well it has been for a little while now but i think it's a scapegoat conversation where they're just like hands up nothing we can do mental health but who decides who's crazy who decides who's not
2: i mean i don't know maybe we could decide who's violent and who's not who but how it? do
1: you know if they're violent or, or not violent hmm. uh, until they're violent? Yeah, that is true. You know, so it's like we have the Fourth Amendment as well. And so it's like, you know, do we just do we do we not give people certain rights because, you know, some therapist somewhere has deemed them crazy? I mean, in Alabama or in Utah, being gay. You might be considered nuts. Yeah, uh, you got to go to gay conversion therapy, or heck, even in Minnesota with uh, Michelle Bachman, you got to go meet Marcus Bachman for your gay conversion therapy. <laughs> I mean, that's my that's my issue with it. Uh, you know, and like Jimmy Kimmel and stuff. I'm actually going to be on Kennedy's show on Saturday. Um, she's filling in for Jesse Waters, so that'll be good. Um, but we're going to talk about that kind of stuff. It's like Jimmy Kimmel talking about like mental health and and whatnot. It's good. I understand it. It's it's idealistic, but it's it's not really real uh, realistic because again. Who decides what crazy is yeah so that's the that's the massive issue I mean not I don't get, have an answer to that question that's the no one I don't either <laughs> that's what I'm saying that's why but but people yeah. just throw it out and then they feel like oh I've contributed to the argument and i've I'm helping solve the problem we need mental health testing well how you know what is it um do you do you, do you give them drugs if is is it someone who's ever been uh, prescribed Adderall are they now crazy i mean it just doesn't. Uh, it's it's just not cut and dry. It's All these issues and, are very great, and not it's not cut
2: and dry. But it's a conversation worth having. It is right? a conversation is so, worth it, having. It is having. something
1: that you know. It's
2: not something that exactly, should be uh, struck down immediately. I mean, that's how America works. Is yeah, it yeah, someone absolutely. someone puts out a question, yeah. uh, and then we debate it. Uh, yeah. and we figure out how to do that, uh, and then we ostensibly. Uh, you know, put it into practice. Not always in the best way possible. Well, well, we try. Uh, we try. Well, I mean, I don't want. <laughs> I mean, this get, is uh, uh, still the great American experiment.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to get too corny here, but I really think it has to just be a cultural change. And I think what's happened um, when it comes to. On a, on a macro level, what happens with, with gerrymandering, redistricting, these politicians who no longer have to go and compromise in an office because at the end of the day their constituents are the constituents, something, someone like Roy Moore, for example. Of course, that's Senate, so it's a, it's a little bit more of a, they didn't really gerrymander Alabama. yeah. Uh, <laughs> was, but I'm yeah. talking more congressional seats here. Um, they just don't have to go compromise, so there's no motivation to do that. We just have to get back. And maybe it never existed. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being idealistic. It did exist. Um, I it, just feel like people used to talk more.
2: It absolutely, um, it, it absolutely did exist. The the gulf between. Uh, Republicans and Democrats right. is the white i think it 's jumped something like uh twenty points yep. in the last few decades it 's crazy uh, it's it is nowhere i mean it used to be so much uh, closer like we used to have... be able to have so many more conversations mm-hmm. people reaching across the aisle bipartisan bills
1: uh, well, were was, much
2: more of a reality
1: that's yeah. that 's the politics side of it and then uh, in um, in just society, even when we do go out, we tend to go out to places that we have a preconceived notion of the political ideologies of the people we're about to meet whether it be we're all going to get along we're all going to get along maybe it's a drinking liberally meeting in Manhattan or an NRA gun meeting or uh, you know over in wherever Uh, you tend to know the political beliefs of the people you're about to go hang out with I think back in the day and again for our older listeners or or at least I just feel like I remember this you would just go and randomly run into townsfolk yeah and your and your peers and the people that were in your community and you didn't know who who you were going to run into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems now people are so much more concerned with meeting others um, that they really try to have a life that is scheduled and planned so they don't have to feel uncomfortable. Well, and they think, don't have to have these conversations.
2: I think part of it is that daily life is such a grind now daily life uh, is very difficult for a lot of Americans. We don't have, uh, a lot of Americans don't have fulfilling jobs. Right. Uh, they and don't, they're
1: working too many of them. And too. they're
2: working too many of them. They're working in two jobs at once. You know once. what
1: I'm going to do? I'm going to say a thanks Obama on that, <laughs> Marcus. Don't even get me going. All do right, right. I'm not getting you going. We're
2: not Uh-oh. talking
1: about that right
2: now. Uh, we're talking about the reality yeah, of exactly. Americans. We're not talking about where it came from. But we're talking about the reality is, of many yeah. Americans uh, where they're, they're working two jobs, sometimes three, and they're working food service industry jobs they're yeah. not fulfilling jobs so at the end of the day people don't necessarily want to have a uh, real conversation with people a lot of times i think they just want to feel good yeah they i think chill, they, out. They chill out they want to chill mm-hmm. out they want to be told that they're right they want to hang out with people uh, that have the same views as them Uh, And sure, there are plenty of people out there who love to argue on the internet and people that love uh, to just just troll others. others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they love how to troll others. But even that is born out of frustration. Oh, yeah. You know, the trolling and the arguing,
1: even that is born out of frustration with daily life. That's why, uh, you know, for the listeners of Last Podcast on the Left, and I assume most of you do listen to Last Podcast on the Left, we had a Facebook group uh, that we had to uh, archive because it just became – A hotbed for everyone's frustrations. And we were out doing a show in Pittsburgh recently. We didn't want to do that at all. No, it was not not a productive Facebook page. No, the Facebook page used to be a beautiful place. Yes. I used to be on it every day. I loved it. And we were talking to fans as we traveled across the country uh, and, and Canada. And every fan was just like, that page has gotten crazy. I only go on it when I've had a bad day and I just want to vent. Yeah. And we're just like, you are the problem. <laughs> but thank like, you for sharing. Are like, there
2: was this one person like, you know, people are uh, are awful on that page. I hardly ever go on it anymore. Except, you know, sometimes I'll go on it like just to be awful. Just like,
1: be, I don't. that's fuck! the issue. Like, <laughs> so it, it, it becomes, fuck, fuck, fuck. The culture of the page just became a place where it was, it, uh, I guess, socially acceptable to just be awful. Yeah, just being just um, people
2: being terrible to each other and making other people and we were getting uh complaints constantly not just uh in real right. life
1: but we were also
2: getting emails and tweets and and all kinds of shit. And people being like this place like I love you guys, but that place is terrible right. So that, we had
1: so we just took uh you know, we we just decided because it was officially ours and our names was, was I created attached it. to it. You created So we archived it. And you know, we're trying to do um, better and of course another group popped up and that's fine. I mean everyone has the right to do whatever they want yeah, to do on social media. Other groups
2: stopped, popped up and we're not going to stop um, any of that. No, of that's course fine.
1: not. But you know we have to all do our part to try to keep some civility. And every single you know negative thing that is said on social media. And again, I'm not talking about if you're trying to have a conversation about the Second Amendment or whatever. That's fine. Have have reasonable political debate. It just so quickly devolves and that is manifesting itself in reality. As we've seen now, with just uh, just overall human interaction, uh, oftentimes it is we're seeing what the internet, what that does to the mind. We're seeing it manifest itself in reality, and it is absolutely horrific towards having a society that is civil, uh, that that allows for intelligent debate. Um, even you know Hillary Clinton's response, I thought was was pretty awful. Just immediately politicizing the entire thing, and the irony is. With Hillary Clinton, you know, when she was secretary of state, 97 percent increase in arms sold to Saudi Arabia because the Saudi Arabian government gave the Clinton Foundation $10 million. The, she is both sides are complicit in the proliferation of weapons all across uh, this world. And certainly when, when you look at uh, what happened in the 90s, uh, you know, gun violence was was high. Uh, what they did with the criminal justice system and the militarization of police was absolutely atrocious and the prison industrial complex. So both sides have some mass, massive issues uh, to work on here. And when we're talking about um, guns, the one of the debates that's not even really being discussed is the fact that it's not, over 98 percent of all gun deaths are handguns, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, you know, so we're talking about assault rifles, semi-assault rifles, these kinds of things. If we did get rid of all of them, which, you know, obviously what would that look like? I mean, good God knows. That that doesn't seem very feasible. Again, I think we have to change the hearts, but we would still have, you know, a massive issue when it comes to handgun deaths in this country i don't think we can ever get rid uh we can't put the genie back in the box. the toothpaste you know, is out of the tube
2: man i mean is as true. many as yep. many guns as there are in the united states right now i mean we could institute a buyback program but if we sure. instituted a buyback program then it would need to be worth the gun owners uh worth their while you know you can't yep. offer them uh you need to offer them market price for that gun yeah uh and- but on the other hand yeah I mean that that shit's it's already out there so what, out the there. only thing we can do is uh you know prevent the wrong people from getting the guns that are already out there we don't need to make any more I think we're we're totally fine
1: on assault rifles I don't think yeah. we need to I don't think we need to make any more uh, yeah I feel that way I feel that way about pornography as well I think we're good <laughs> but you know but we know for a fact There's that people enough. will continue to make well, it. I've already seen everything Riley Reid's done what uh-huh. is she gonna do next uh huh <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I honestly, I think at this point the uh, we have to have a change of our uh, of our culture and it's a difficult, more abstract idea, but not everything can be legislated. Uh, however, this bump stock situation that does seem like a possible thing that could be legislated again because it's it is an accessory and it does seem like there might be some movement at least uh, with the NRA and uh, and things like that. so it's a it's a big conversation. it's a very broad conversation. We have to have it. And at the end of the day, from what my understanding is, from people who are uh, gun owners, the vast majority, obviously, uh, totally fine, wonderful obviously. Americans. Whole, we know them. My yeah. whole family are gun owners. Exactly. And, it, In fact, my whole family are <laughs> assault rifle owners. Yes. And they're going to be fine. Those assault rifles are going to be shot at, at hay, as they should be shot at, or, you know, or random rock or know, hogs, like, you whatever.
2: Know, you know, that's, yeah, they, it's it's hogs. They actually use the assault rifles uh, for, for practical purposes. Sure. Uh, that that is absolutely wonderful. Um, Big hogs, like four five hundred pound hogs,
1: and those hogs you never know when we're they're not gonna talking come about. We're north. not talking about Babe here. We're not talking about Babe. No, those <laughs> hogs could come up north and then just to take over New York City. That's what I'm concerned about. So thank God we got people on the front lines like your family in Texas destroying those hogs before they can get up here. Yeah, they're 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 keeping them at bay, man. Uh,
2: yeah. I, I think there's there's a middle ground here, as as there is with everything, and that uh, is uh, what. Has happened to this country. I think that's one of the, the biggest mm. things that happened in this country is that at some point, America stopped finding the middle ground. Well,
1: they're concerned, again, the main, It reminds me, the NRA... No right. one trusts each other. No one trusts each other. And that is why, you know, I know we have to wrap it up here, but when we look at the approval ratings of Congress, 9%, 10%, 11%, we kind of laugh, but in reality... That is the, that's the problem. Yeah. No one trusts our politicians to get anything done. And they're worried, again, if you give an inch, they're going to take a mile. It's very similar with the abortion debate. This is why we can't have people, you talk about partial birth abortion, things like that. There are so many people who be like, that should, I hope that never happens. But we can't legislate against it because as soon as you legislate against that, they're going to go back and, you know, end it at 20 weeks. They're gonna, if, we, if we don't allow them, if we allow them to, uh, you know, stop abortion at 20 weeks, they're going to go and, and end it at four weeks. Everyone is concerned about the slippery slope argument because they have no trust in government. And that's the exact same thing with guns. Well, if we if we don't uh, if we uh, allow them to ban the the bump stock, they're going to go after the semi-automatic. And when they go after the semi-automatic, they're going to go after my my Colt forty-five. Or what? Everyone is worried about the slippery slope. Yeah. And that is the massive problem. I don't know how to address it uh, because there is some rash. I understand the rationale. Yeah. I, I just don't believe that it would. Come, I don't believe that that would be the reality if we outlaw the bump stock, um, but that's just what is in the minds of the people. And then when you see those opinion uh, or those approval ratings of Congress, that's where the negative side of it comes in. When 90% of the people don't trust the government and uh, and F the government, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I was listening to the sex pistols when I was young, you know? Uh, And, you know, of course, you know, the second amendment created because uh, what was it? 1969 or 1769, I think. Um, Uh, you know because we just came from a, a tyrannical government mm-hmm. you know so that's the that's the foundation of this country is fighting a tyrannical government and that through line has con- continued through today. But again, I don't think the founding fathers understood what the history or what the future was going to look like, specifically when it came to arms.
2: Well, we took a dip because at first it was a big fear of the tyrannical government. And then as the years went on, the people started to trust the United States government more and more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm actually watching this. Um, the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary. Series oh, nice! Is fucking
1: amazing. Well, speak, I, I just it's, watched the Prohibition doc. It's great. They're like I don't these temperance people. <laughs> I, I do want to say he was a little bit nice to them. They were buzzkills. I'm were just going to say they buzz were kind of buzzkills.
2: Buzz but anyway, the Vietnam documentary. There was a, a soldier uh, that was talking about um, how his his grand his father had fought in World War II. Uh, his uncle had fought in the Korean War, uh, and he made a very good point. He said that I think and he was there he enlisted really right before uh, we really started putting a lot of troops in there uh, and he said that he truly mm. believed that you know America <sighs> was doing something right with Vietnam and he made a very good point he said I think I was the last generation to believe that our government would never lie to us absolutely uh, and it started there it started mm-hmm. with it started with Vietnam it started in uh, in the 60s And believe that and again and slowly over the years we started believing more and more in a tyrannical government and we started believing more and more that we needed a lot of guns to protect ourselves from that tyrannical government and that's what and happened is yeah. that we we stopped believing that the government had our best interests at heart uh and but on the other side on the other hand uh i think what we started to believe more than anything was that our guy had our best interests at heart right but the other guy does not, and that sure. he does not, and I think we all used to, I think we used to believe uh, that, well, that's why our, that everyone's heart was in the right place, that everyone was trying to do what was best. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone, and of course that's, you know, a rose-colored glasses type of thing, of because course. things weren't the best for everybody in America, and everybody, and we were doing a lot of awful shit throughout the years, always, constantly,
1: uh, but at the very well, least came we after, had some trust in government. Vietnam was when the government came after them. Yeah. Was when the government came after, at the end of the day, young white people uh, in a lot of ways. Obviously, it was a very diverse. It was a wide net. But that's where a lot of um, suburban families felt the full strength of the United States government. Well, they when their felt kids a, were drafted into the Vietnam War, despite what, the fact that they didn't want to go.
2: Well, forever. But I mean, black families knew that everything well, was fucked out like they, And that's what I like, want to but, talk but about. Black people in America already oh, knew yeah. that the government would fuck you over. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: and But white people... Oh, and the d- Japanese. Yeah. I mean, my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, Look Japanese, California. People, yeah, of course. people of
2: color in America already knew that the government would fuck you over. And Native right. Americans as well. The government would fuck you over at the first chance. But until Vietnam, the government had never fucked over white people before. Yeah. Uh, and then when the government started fucking over white people, that's when things started to really uh, erupt
1: road in this country. Mm -hmm. Well, I also want to say the the final thing here. I've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, some late night comedians were making the jokes and some people on Twitter making the joke about, well, if every black man in this country would go get a gun right now, I guarantee you there would be gun laws the end of the day, the 1911 Sullivan Act made sure that they couldn't. The the Mulford Act in 1964 in California that disarmed the Black Panther Party made sure that black people couldn't get guns in this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the urban gun laws, liberal gun laws, have disenfranchised black people from the Second Amendment rights. So that's a cute joke that you want to make. But surprise, surprise, uh, the left has made it impossible for black people to get guns in this country. Uh, So your joke is lost because yeah. they can't get guns.
2: And I'm also, I'm definitely not saying that, you know, this country was just fine back when people of color were being subjugated and white people were on top and black people were being fucked over and white people were given preferential treatment. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of white people at yeah. that time were believing that America was eroding because people of color were starting to get a lot more rights.
1: That, that's what I mentioned. It, the 1964 yeah, Mulford Act, it doesn't, it's not a coincidence that it aligned perfectly with the Voting Rights Act. Yeah, exactly. 64 and 65 Five. absolutely you, you give yeah. them a little bit but you got to take away something otherwise god knows they might actually have political power in this country yes exactly and, and it does go to and that's that is an issue where the left gets it wrong on uh, on gun issues they disenfranchised poor people specifically blacks when it came to their second amendment rights and that's why we see what happens now and then now in chicago uh, then you have the right being like well look at the the gun laws in chicago are very strict and they're all killing each other Uh, There is so many things in this uh, in this country, so much systemic oppression of uh, of blacks and people without income. And let's put the whites in there, too. Another totally lost um, narrative in this country is poor whites are treated like trash. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they also and that's one of the areas that Donald Trump came in and he did give he did make them feel good. And that's that what that's a testament to. Uh, his campaign reaching out, I'm sure the many of them do not agree with everything, but at least he went out there and tried to make him feel good when we have the other side of the aisle trying to make them all seem like horrible bigots and racists. Because at the end of the day, these politicians are purposely dividing us. They are purposely trying to conquer us through divisional politics. And that's what was so sweet about Bernie Sanders' campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a nice uh, connective tissue there, uh, despite the fact that I disagree with some of his uh political uh, policies at the very at the very least his, uh, his campaign was the most recent one that I can think of to sort of a George McGovern uh, type campaign a positive campaign. Uh, a positive campaign anyway uh, we didn't even get to the first amendment that's we were talking about the erosion of the second amendment the whole time um, we'll get to that so basically yeah Donald Trump just called for a uh, special uh, a Senate Intelligence Committee on fake news media it's gonna go nowhere it's totally insane and of course the irony is Donald Trump is the major um, proliferator of fake news whether it be the the General Pershing, I believe it was General Pershing that he talks about all the time, dipping you know bullets in pig's blood to kill Muslims, or Obama uh, isn't uh, an American. There does seem to be a through line with his uh, false information, isn't there? I,
2: I think there is.
1: Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's see. Marcus Parks on Twitter. Marcus Parks on Instagram. I'm Ben Kissel1 on Instagram. Ben Kissel on Twitter. Can you go and rate and review this show? That would help us out so much. We have to start um, you know, climbing those iTunes ranks. We're always there. Uh, And thank you all so much for that. But please do that. And then next year... Well, we should plan for a show in January. Sure. We're going to start doing a couple of live shows, maybe at some museums and stuff, Marcus and I, and try to have some edutainment. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to be edutators.
2: Museums, all Yeah.
1: They're going to love our smut references <laughs> and the way that we can squeeze in food no matter oh, what we're talking perhaps about. Perhaps we
2: be, we can be invited to the Met Gala next Ooh, year. Ooh,
1: that would be nice. Oh, we <laughs> would be just like Dumb and Dumber. Say <laughs> <laughs> here
2: at the bar, put out the vibe. <laughs>
1: All right, everyone. I'm going to give a hail yourselves. I think we need to, I think we all need, we need to hail America and hail yourselves and come together. Uh, That's what I'm going to say, Marcus Parks. Come together, man. All right, everyone. Keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Talk to you soon.
0: In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years,